Hello and welcome to the media outreach of Faith Alive Ministries. For over 30 years, Faith Alive Ministries has continued to answer the call to teach God's people how to live in this world. This charismatic teaching ministry has current bases of operation in both Oklahoma and Arizona. We are honored to share the gospel in the northeastern Oklahoma prison system, as well as in church gatherings and evangelistic outreaches around the country. We believe the message you're about to hear will inspire and encourage you and empower you to live the abundant life God has for you. Join with us now as we receive from the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you're here this afternoon. And uh, I tell you, I just, I love to teach the Word of God. I love to preach the Word of God. Um, You can't go wrong listening to the Word. And uh, I just, I don't want to take a lot of time because I know Brother Rick's going to be here at three. And so I just want to get right into this. And, and, you know, last night, if you were here, we talked about when, yeah, well, I'm going to try not to take an hour. Maybe we can get a little break. (laughs) We talked about how God made a garden and then he put Adam into the garden and he would come down in the cool of the day. And it's, and, and if you look that up in the original, it's not that God would come down, but his voice would come on the wind in the garden. And Adam and Eve communed with the voice of God. And so what I want to just pick up on from here today is hearing the voice of the Spirit. And I just want to talk about that because communication is vital. God considers communication with him with him and from him, vital. That's why he created mankind, wasn't it? So somebody, he would have somebody to commune with, to visit with, to talk with, to explain his plans, to give his purposes. There was a, God counts communication. It's vital to his existence. It's vital to our existence. Without communication, we have no idea what God wants. And he has no idea what we want without asking, without communing with him. And so in Genesis 3, 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the garden. And so we know that, you know, we all know that the cool, that the, the cool of the garden, the wind is always a type of the Holy Spirit. And so even back in the beginning days, God set the type, he set the shadow of the Holy Spirit and his importance in our lives. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he. He's a personality. And his personality is to know the will of the Father, to know what God has for us. Then his responsibility, his ministry, if you'll let me put it that way, is to reveal the will of the Father to God's children. That's me. But we also know that through the sin of Adam, what happened? Their communication was cut off. Their communication, they know more. Had God coming down in the cool of the day, the voice of the Lord speaking to them directly. And that was one of the, uh, let me say it this way, the highlights of their sin is that it cut off their communication with life. 
It cut off their communication with the plan of God. So when we don't take time to, to visit with the Father, to talk and to communicate with the Father, what does it do? It cuts off our ability to receive his plans. He always wants to tell us his plans. He always wants to show us his way. But when we don't choose to commune, to walk in the cool of the day in the garden, and where is that? What is the garden? It's our soul. You see, we have to choose to listen to God. Our spirit all the time has the will of God. Our spirit, remember our born-again spirit? We talked about that last night. It knows everything. But our garden has to be cultivated, and I don't want to go back on that message, but our garden has to be cultivated to receive and listen to the voice of God. We have to learn how he talks. We have to listen to his uh the way he forms sentences. You know, David and I, we could be in, a, in Walmart, and I could hear him whistling, and I knew exactly who was whistling. Or I could hear him say a certain thing, and I'd think, that was David. Or I'd hear him walk a certain way. Why? Because I had relationship with him. Because we spent time together. Because we communicated together. I knew that he said things a certain way. And the Father is just like that. We have to take the time to cultivate a relationship with him so that we know how he speaks, sometimes when he's going to speak. Sometimes we have to know the words he would say. And, some, you know, he speaks differently with each one of us. It's not like he's some robot that he speaks the same with Josh and he speaks the same with me. He uses different phrases for Josh because different things mean different things to you than me. And there's some things he'll say to me that I'll go, oh, I know that's you, God. Only you would know that I would understand that. But, see, we'll miss those if we don't cultivate the ears to hear. And that's part of your garden. Cultivating the ears to hear the voice of the Spirit. That's the Spirit's ministry is to convey the will of the Father to us. So in Exodus 19, 5, 6, well, let me go back here. Through the sin of Adam, communication was cut off with individuals. But we see that God communicated with certain ones. We know there was Noah. We know there was Abraham. We know there's Isaac. We know there's Joseph. And then that brings us to Moses. But overall, the people on an, on an individual basis didn't hear from God. Because of the sin nature that came in. In Exodus 19, 5 through 6, we see that God says to Moses, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you, which you will speak unto the children of Israel. So let's break this scripture down just a little bit. When he says, you shall be a peculiar treasure, how? If we obey his voice and keep his word. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But the word peculiar treasure is what I want to look at. It means the wealth of God upon the earth. So when you, when we take the time to obey his word and listen to his voice, he says that it makes us his wealth 
upon the earth. Why? Because God can't operate himself upon the earth. He has to have us, his people, to to do what he needs to be done here. And therefore, when we learn to hear the voice of God and obey his commandments, whether in word or voice of the Spirit, then we as believers, as his people, as his nation, are God's wealth upon the earth. Isn't it funny what he counts as wealth? We are the wealth of God upon the earth. When we hear his voice, we obey and we do his commandments. God established, he said, a kingdom of priests. He said, you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What is a kingdom of priests? In the Old Testament, the position, the call of priests were the ones that heard the voice of God for the nation. He didn't, they were chosen by God to hear his voice. Because remember, individuals couldn't hear the voice of God anymore. Only chosen ones. That's why Abraham, Isaac, Noah, and Moses heard the voice of God. But he said, I will raise up a kingdom of priests upon the earth, and you will be the ones to obey my voice and keep my commandment. So God establishes this covenant with his people. And then it was approved by the sacrifice of blood in the tabernacle. This is the pattern that was given Moses, which was a type of what was to come for the New Testament believer. Amen? And we're going to get there. So in Exodus chapter 28, God established the office of a priest. He spoke to Moses about the office of a priest, but then he established it in Exodus uh, chapter 28. And Aaron was appointed by God to minister unto the Lord. But what I want to focus on here is how Aaron received direction from the Spirit of God. And Moses was commanded to make a garment for the priest. It was a breastplate. We find in verse 29 of chapter 28, it was called the breastplate of judgment. But when you look up that word judgment in the Hebrew, it means decision and direction. Not the judgment of God, but it was for receiving decision and direction for the nation of Israel. God appointed the priest to receive the direction for the nation. Oh, I can't wait to get where we're going. This word is decision and direction. In this breastplate was pouches all the way around that had 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Then there was one that was put right over the two stones that were put right over the heart of the priest. And that pouch contained the Urim and the Thummim. I know that's weird names, but that represented that that was, they would know the heart of God because the priest would know the heart of God for the people. So the Urim and the Thummim, what that means, Urim means light, Thummim means complete truth. So when God spoke to the priest, when the king would come for direction, 
then he would come to the priest because only the priest received the voice. Only the priest heard from God, received direction and decision for the nation. So when the king would come for direction and decision, the priest would pull out the Urim and the Thummim because it sat over his heart representing that he knew the heart of God for the nation of Israel. And the, the priest would take those stones, he would put them in his hand, and he would throw out the light and the truth. And he would ask a question, and it would come up, and it would give yes or no I mean it couldn't answer but by what the stones reacted at least as much as we know by the stones reacted they would have a yes or no answer that this was the right direction for the nation of Israel amen so this is the Old Testament and the Urim and the Thummim represented light and complete truth it was the representation of God's heart for the nation so we find that the kings were given the direction for the nation of Israel through the priest by using the light and the truth. And when the king followed the light and the truth, the voice of God for the nation, there was great success in the nation. They would win battles and they would take great spoils. But when he didn't, when the king didn't listen to the direction that the priest gave them through the Urim and the Thummim, then we know that many times they fell or they went into bondage or they ended up places they shouldn't have been. So we know that this is the type of the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the role of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament believer in the new creation. Remember when we talked about the new creation last night? We are designed to hear the voice of the Spirit because He lives and He resides in our born-again spirit. He's always there speaking to us. But why don't we always hear Him? Because we don't have ears tuned to what He's saying to us. Or He speaks to us and it's not the direction and the decision we want. And we end up with the, like the nation of Israel in bondage or in disobedience because we didn't follow the voice of the Spirit. I don't want to dwell on that, but I want to dwell on listening to the voice of the Spirit. Amen? So the voice of the Spirit would guide them through the Urim and the Thummim. The priest then interpreted it and gave guidance to the king. Now in the Old Testament, we find that kings were anointed by God... And they carried an anointing to give a word and to decree what would happen in the nation. So the priest gave the direction from God and the king was anointed to give that word and to decree it to be so. Amen. So that's what the two positions to lead uh, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament was the king and the priest. Now, Let's bring that over into the New Testament in Revelation 1, verses 4 through 6. I'm just going to start in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and he has made us... Kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen? So in this life, as a new believer, we have now been ordained, chosen, and called to be a king and a priest. What does that mean? It's our right 
to hear direction and decision from the voice of the spirit and it's our right and our anointing to speak the word and to decree the direction and decision of the holy spirit amen we get in trouble when we give decision and give word to our own thoughts and feelings that's where we get off i've been off a thousand times haven't you But I have determined in my heart that I am a king and a priest before God. Why? Because he loved me and he shed his blood for me. And that is what qualifies me to be a king and a priest. I don't care if I'm green, purple, orange, or or white, or brown, or black. I am a king and a priest before God. Because he loved me and he gave his very own blood and I'm qualified for that anointing. And so are you. It's not because you're called to the ministry. It's because you're a believer that you are qualified to receive direction and to give it word, give it voice and decree it. Because of the work of the cross. We now are the work of the cross. On the earth. We are now the work of the cross being manifested upon the earth. That's why it's important to know what happened at the work of the cross. Because that is manifested through us as kings and priests. Romans 8, 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons or daughters of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, what? Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know what that tells me? The Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. As children of God, we can expect to be led by his spirit. It's our birthright. (laughs) It comes to us at the new birth. The right to be led by the Holy Spirit. The one who knows the plans and purposes of God. The one who is our tour guide in this earth. It is our birthright. It is our birthright. Why aren't we taking advantage of it? In the natural, kids fight over their birthright. We should be fighting over our birthright, not fighting each other, but fighting the enemy. It's been given to us, but we've let him trample us and mislead us and confuse us. When it is our birthright to hear the voice of the Spirit. Now, there are two kinds of guidance that come to the believer. One comes, it's general guidance, and it comes by the Word of God. It's like uh, you don't have to pray and hear the voice of the Spirit about tithing. It's in the Word. You should do it. You don't have to pray and, and ask God if you should be healed. It's in the Word. You should receive it. Those are general guidance. Yeah. It doesn't change. You don't have to hear the voice of the Spirit about those things. Amen. Now, He might give you direction Above your tithe where you're to give offering. And that's where you need to hear the voice of the Spirit. He might give you a direction by the Spirit of God uh, 
of, of a way that you're supposed to go to receive your healing. That is the, where you need to hear the voice of the Spirit. But in the general areas, you don't have to spend time hearing the voice of the Spirit because it's already in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So there's general guidance and there's specific guidance. Like, you know you're supposed to work. That's part of, that's what the Word says. But where to work? You need specific guidance. So you understand the two kinds of guidance that come. If it's something that's in the Word of God, you don't need to spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> you just need to receive it. Amen. Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom is knowledge that makes possible skillful activity. Revelation means to take the cover off and to uncover what's been hidden. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we, we don't know what's happening. Maybe we're seeking answers and we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him to come our way. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And the book of Ephesians says we pray for that. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I think a spacecraft is landing or something over there. <laughs> First Corinthians 2, 9 through 12 says this, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's a quote from the Old Testament. So we know that that's Old Testament covenant. We know that in the Old Testament, I have not seen nor ear heard. It couldn't even enter into their hearts what, what God, what the Spirit of God had for them. And verse 10 says, but God has revealed them unto us. How? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things of God, even the deep things. Even the deep things. See, there's people praying for deep revelation. Give me the deep revelation. Give me the deep revelation. And the Spirit of God saying, open your ears. Receive it. Receive it. Because I've got it. You see, we don't have to beg God for those things. Because the Holy Spirit, it's our birthright. It's who we are. His voice should be uh, more significant to us, more familiar to us than any other voice. And when he speaks, we should go, oh, that's the Spirit of God. And we should be able to discern the Spirit of God. If you can't pray in the Holy Ghost, because then you'll be able to understand that's the Spirit of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. It's saying, in a nutshell, the Spirit of God knows everything. He knows everything that's on the inside of us. He knows everything that God has planned for us. He knows everything about a situation. He knows every step we need to make. He knows every step I need to take. When David passed, I lost my... My covering, I lost the one that I communicated with to say, 
you know, what do you think? Do you think this is the Spirit of God? And that's not wrong to have that with your spouse. But you see, I had to learn to hear the Spirit of God for myself. As a believer, that should be the ver- first voice we listen to. Amen. Amen. I'm gaining a confidence in knowing the voice of the Spirit. I'm gaining a confidence in obeying the voice of the Spirit. Because sometimes it's not what I would do in my own self. For now, we have received not the Spirit of the world. Not the Spirit of the world. Too many people are listening to the Spirit of the world. The phrase that comes out, it's my right to do this. It's my right to feel this way. That's the spirit of the world. Mm -hmm. When you became a believer, you gave up your rights. You gave up your rights to operate in the spirit of the world. It will only bring you grief. For we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we will know the things that are freely given to us of God. It's free. It's our birthright. Jesus himself didn't do anything apart from the voice of the Father. Nothing. Nothing that he did was apart from the voice of the Father. He didn't make a move. And what does it say? Jesus was without sin. Sometimes we spend our time saying, oh God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Help me not sin, help me not sin. I'm telling you, listen for the voice of the Spirit and you won't sin. Sin's the spirit of the world. So it means you're listening to the wrong voice. If you have a problem with sin, then listen to the voice of the Spirit because that's what Jesus did. And he was a man without sin. Amen. We try to make it all this formula. We try to make it so hard. We try to, and I'm not against counseling. Understand, I'm not against counseling. But if you'll turn and listen to the voice of the Spirit, you'll be given all things freely of God. Amen. John 16, 13 through 16. We talked about this last night that the Holy, let's just turn there real quick. It's daylight today and you can look at this. I want you to see this. John 16. Sixteen thirteen. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of Truth, is come, is the Spirit of Truth come? Oh yeah. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will, not he might, he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. 
We worry so much about glorifying the Father. If we'll listen to the voice of the Spirit, we will always glorify the Father. And he shall receive of mine, and he will. He shall. He shall. That's command form. He shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are what? Mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and he will show it to you. So in that first part of verse 13, he says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you. I want you to write right there. That means tour guide. He not only speaks it to you, but what is he? He's the paraclete. He comes alongside of us. And after he speaks it, he guides us into what the father has for us. There's been a lot of times I've tried to walk it out all by myself. And you know what happened? I fail. <laughs> we are living in a time when we need to hear. We need to be attuned to the Spirit of God. We can't just walk out our own ways. We can't walk out our own thoughts or other people's thoughts of how things should run. I've had lots of people, well-meaning people, give me lots of advice. What I should do, what I shouldn't do. Well, now, sister, you know, you should do this. And I'm not trying to be rebellious, but they are not the voice of the Spirit. Amen. I'm not coming from a voice of rebellion, an attitude of rebellion, but they are not the voice of the Spirit. I will listen, and then I will pray, because I know there's counsel in a multitude. I mean, there's wisdom in a, a multitude of counsel. And so I do. I'm open to counsel. But ultimately, I am the one who must hear the Spirit of God. I am the one held accountable as to whether I walk out what he said, whether I'm obedient. I don't answer for anybody else. And how, how many of you know the ones that give you the most advice, somehow they just kind of disappear? You know, they have great advice, but they're not right there walking by you, are they? They don't become your paraclete to help you walk it out. But the Holy Spirit, when he speaks it, he guides it. That's right. We are living in a time when we must know, we must discern the voice of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us that every voice, there's many voices, and all of them have significance. But there's only one voice that we need to hear. And it's about everything in our life. It's about how to pray. It's about receiving a word from God. It's about what direction is for, for tomorrow. What direction is for a year from now. What direction for tonight. What am I supposed to say to this person? It's about where am I supposed to go today? Am I so wrapped up? Oh, I am such a focused person <laughs> that it's really hard for me to, you know, I get my plan. I've got my list of what I'm going to succeed with that day. And by golly, I'm going to stay with it till I get it done. But do you know what that does? It negates the voice of the spirit. So I have to learn. You can balance that. But I have to learn that the voice of the spirit comes first. 
because he knows exactly where I need to be, when I need to be there, and who I need to see. Amen? Amen. Let's see where to go with this. So how do we learn the voice of the Spirit? We meditate the Word. This is God's way he talks. This is the way he speaks. That's how we learn how he speaks. The Spirit will not speak apart from the Word of God. He will never speak apart from the Word of God. And then number two, we need to pray in the Holy Spirit. We're speaking his language. In uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, I believe it's 4, it tells us that we're praying out the mysteries. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards. And a steward, what does the word say about a steward? One that must be found faithful. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. And you know, you get the mysteries because you've been found faithful. I want to walk out everything the Spirit of God has for me. When you go over into the book of Revelation, we find John, the Apostle John, and he's, he's uh, been put in prison on the Isle of Patmos. He's, in, he's uh, in, what is that, where they're all alone? Isolation or exile. Uh, I was trying to think. Anyway, solitaire. <laughs> solitary. He's, he's all by himself. Let's just put it that way. There's nobody to talk to. And the Spirit of God speaks to him. And he says, come up here. I've got some things to show you. And after he got up there, he had a vision of Jesus. He had a vision of God. He had a vision of the throne. And he saw, then God, the Spirit of God began to speak to him. And he began to tell him good things and bad things about the seven churches that he'd started. He'd been a part of. And here's John on the Isle of Patmos. And there's not one thing he can do about these things. Is there? He can't go fix all these things. And yet the answer was the same for every problem that the Spirit of God began to reveal to him. And what did the Spirit of God say about the seven churches? The answer for what they, all the trouble they were in. He said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. So for every issue that was happening in the churches in the first and second chapter of Revelation, the answer was the same. They all had different problems. They had all, all different things that were happening. Some of them good. Some of them had bad, a lot of bad stuff happening. But the answer was always the same. Now, aren't the churches there kind of a shadow and a type of the end-time church? So what was the answer for each church? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Pastor Lloyd, Lloyd, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Things that have been a mystery, the Spirit will speak. He'll reveal the mysteries. But you got to have an ear. You had questions about your family. You've had questions about jobs. You've got questions about this or that. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Not how we used to do it, 
not how we did it in the 70s. That's what I have to deal with. Well, this is what we did in the 70s and 80s. So what? That's what the Spirit spoke in the 70s and the 80s. What's he speaking in this century? <laughs> Let's put it that way. We live in double centuries, you and I. So what's he speaking for this time, for this generation? It's going to be different. It'll have the end result because it's God and he doesn't change. But he's speaking new things for this time, for this time of the church. We're in the last days. We are the end time church. We weren't the end time church back then. We were getting everybody ready for the end time church. So it's a different time. It's a different way. It's a different uh, path that he's going to take us on. So what's our responsibility? He that hath ears, let him hear. Let him hear. What does hear mean? To listen, hear it, but really listen to it, and then be obedient. That's what the word hear really means. It's a three-part word. You hear what the Spirit says, but then you really listen. And then you obey. The voice of the Spirit. It's for today. It's for this time. He's telling me things. See, back in the 80s, we had a vision of a Bible school. We knew in the 70s and 80s, we knew God was calling us to a Bible school. And that's all we knew. That's all we could hear. But you see, if we hadn't listened to the Spirit of God, we'd had a Bible school. We wouldn't have had 120 Bible schools around the world, being more effective by reaching into churches and giving pastors a tool that they could have a Bible school in their own church and to raise up mature believers in this time and in this hour. That's what it's all about. God's in a fast-paced move. He's in super speed right now. And so we have to be tuned in to the Spirit of God. And I want to close with this because I want you to see how this works. Before God began, before the Spirit began to speak to John in chapter 2 about the churches, he gave John a revelation of Jesus. And he saw God and Jesus on the throne. And he said there was a two-edged sword coming from his mouth. Well, we know that's the word of God being spoken by the Lamb of God. And it's being spoken in Revelation 22. It tells us that there's a river that flows from the throne, under the throne of God. And where does that river go? It goes into our born-again spirits. It says in John, out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Now get this picture. Jesus, the Word, the Lamb, is speaking the Word of God all the time at the throne. He is the Word. So it's flowing out of Him. Where is it going? Into the river. Where's the river flowing? Into you and me. Amen. And then it flows out because we receive the revelation of what the word is speaking. The spirit takes what's coming down the river and he goes, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Here's what you need to do. Ezekiel says everywhere that the river flows, there's healing. Everywhere. That's the purpose of being tuned in 
to the voice of the Spirit is because everywhere we go, this, the voice of the Spirit is speaking to us. We're tuned in. We're receiving. And then it flows out of us. Oh, go, just go talk to that girl. Oh, just, just go over here and ask them if they need prayer. Go tell them about my love. Go lay hands on them. They're coughing. Have you ever had the Spirit of God do that? That's what's happening. It's so supernatural. We spend time saying, God, send the supernatural, send the supernatural. Do you know what's supernatural? Is that the voice of the Spirit is speaking to us all the time. That is supernatural. If we want the supernatural in our hearts, in our lives, and in our churches, what do we have to do? Listen to the voice of the Spirit. And I'll close with this testimony. I just had a new granddaughter five weeks ago. And um, I've been, you know, really praying for her, praying for my daughter. One Sunday morning in church, the Lord said, I want you to go lay hands on your daughter and, and your, your little journey. Her name's Journey. And so I said, okay, Lord. And I'm, I'm I'll say, cautious with my children. If they ask me to pray, I pray. Or if the Spirit of God speaks to me, then I'll say, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. But I just don't, you know, just go, hey, I'm going to pray for you today. Or, you know, I, I respect their choice. Now I do in private. I pray for them all the time. But I went over to her house. I said, Josie, I'm supposed to pray for you in a little journey. And Josie said, Mom, would you please? Would you please? And she just had tears in her eyes. And she's not a, a, a woman that cries easily. So I began to pray. I laid my hands on her belly, and I began to pray. And I just began to pray out the will of God. I prayed in the Spirit. And out of my mouth came these words, All is well, Josie. All is well. That's my daughter. All is well, Josie. And then I spoke to Journey. I said, Journey, all is well. All is well. All is well. Amen. And uh, she, was, she wasn't due for another two weeks. That night, she went into labor. Got to the hospital. It was going textbook delivery, you know. And uh, so I just kept remembering the power of that all is well. See, the, the Spirit doesn't speak long sentences. He just gives you the will of the Father. Amen. And so uh, about noon the next, she went in at 2 in the night, Monday morning. And about noon the next day, the doctor came in and said, something's not right. She said, let's, let's get you down you know, the hospital had had a flood, so they didn't have the birthing rooms, and they had to take her to OR. So I didn't like that because I wanted to be right there praying, but it's okay. You know, I mean, God can handle it. You know, I can pray where I am, and God can handle it, I think. So anyway, uh, it ended up being an emergency C-section, and what they found out was little Journey was coming face up, and every time Josie would have a contraction, the her pelvic bone would press on Journey's face. And so it was strangling her. It was killing her. So they did the emergency C-section, and uh, she came out okay. She was really bunged up and bruised. She was so bruised across here. Her gums were bruised, everything. just She was really boogered up. And um, so she wasn't able to eat for a while because she just couldn't. It hurt too bad. But uh, we got to go home on Wednesday. The next Saturday night, Josie calls me in the middle of the night. She says, Mom, I cannot breathe. I cannot even get a breath. 
She said, can you take me to the emergency room? So I got up, took her to the emergency room. It wasn't 20 minutes. The doctor came in and said, I'm not letting you go. You have postpartum congestive heart failure. Now, who's ever heard of that? Never heard of it. I've Googled it. It's a real thing. It's very rare. So the devil tried to kill her twice, kill both of them. And um, so she was in the hospital till Monday, and I just kept saying, Josie, all is well. All is well. That's what the Spirit said. All is well. And she told me when she was in the uh, giving uh, birth to Journey, she said it scared me so bad when they said they were going to do an emergency C-section. She said fear really came at me. And then she said, but, Mom, I remembered all is well. All is well. And so then Journey hasn't put on weight. So they put Journey back in the in the uh, hospital. And they kept saying, oh, she has cystic fibrosis. She has a failure to thrive. They were throwing all these things, liver condition. I mean, they were throwing words out there. I'm like, no, all is well. All is well. And I hung on to the voice of the Spirit and what he had spoken to me. Well, they did all these tests, and guess what? There was nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with little Journey. And she's now putting on weight. She's putting on weight. And so praise the Lord. You see, when he speaks something to you, then he walks you through it. If we had to let the doctors walk us through it, she'd be a dead little baby. But when the voice of the Spirit spoke, and that's something, you know, we just have to tune our ears in to the voice of the Spirit. He has things he wants to speak. He has things he wants to speak during this conference. I'm telling you, there's things that are coming out in this conference that are the voice of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Oh, we thank you for your goodness. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. You have such a good plan, such a good plan. And, Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit speaks to us of your ways and your directions. He knows your heart. Father, he brings light and truth into our lives. And, Father God, I pray. I just pray for this congregation. I pray for this church. I pray for Pastors Lloyd and Debbie. And, Father, I just thank you for the voice of the Spirit. Father, I know, I know, I know that they've had questions. I know, I know that they've sought you. And, Father, I thank you for the voice of the Spirit that brings supernatural direction to them. Father, I thank you that they will uh, uh, hear and they will listen and then they will be obedient, Father God, to the things that you have for them in Cells, Arizona. Father God, I thank you that it's greater than even Cells, Arizona. But Father, I thank you that when they listen to you, then the, the Spirit speaks. He reveals mysteries. Then the Spirit comes alongside and he guides them through what he's spoken. So Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for everyone here, everyone here, that they'll have ears to hear. They'll have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking. And Father God, I just thank you that from this day forward, we're going to see change. We're going to see things start changing. We're going to start seeing things and new directions. We're going to start seeing new provisions. We're going to start seeing those mysteries that you've held back until this time. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name.
and glorify. Let's just raise our hands just for a minute and just thank the Father. Glorify him. Father, we thank you and glorify you, magnify you. You are the most high God. You are the one true God. God, I thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you for Jesus and all that he accomplished so that we could be the church, so that we could hear the spirit, so that we could walk out and be your wealth upon the earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My heart is so full of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes our message. This message is copyrighted by Faith Alive Ministries and may not be reproduced for commercial or resale purposes. Duplication by individuals for the purpose of sharing the gospel is permitted. However, this copyright notice must accompany all copies made. For additional information and teaching resources, please write to Faith Alive Ministries, P.O. Box 321, Prior, Oklahoma, 74362. Or you may visit our website at www.faithalivefellowship.net. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.